You're listening to The Preppy Podcast. I'm your host, Patricia May Marish, and I'll be interviewing the brands, businesses, and influencers who are keeping the modern preppy lifestyle alive. Each Tuesday, I'll bring you a new episode, but if you're craving more preppy, then shop the merch at thepreppypodcast.com and follow at The Preppy Podcast on social media. Today's episode is with my friend Adrian of DC Grays, formerly known as Charcuterie Cakes. You guys are going to love her. She is the hostess with the mostess who has written a book where she shares her tips on entertaining with things you can find right around your own house. And now she's making the most amazing creative grazing tables, charcuterie boards, and chic acrylic gummy trays. You have to check them out. But before we dive in, I want to remind you that if you're an influencer looking to grow and don't know anything about pitching, to check out my course, Pitch Peak Profit, available on peakedpr.com. This is where I share my insider knowledge of pitching, setting up collabs, media kits, pricing, and more. It's packed with knowledge, and you can do it at your own pace, and it's all digital. So check that out at peakedpr.com. All right, so why don't you tell everyone who you are, where you live, and what you do? Hi guys, my name is Adrian, and I live in Potomac, Maryland, and I am the founder of DC Grays. I love that. Um, and we had the pleasure of meeting in person finally after yes. following each other for so long. So fun. It was so honestly, you never know like meeting in person if it's gonna be like the same, but I felt like it was just the same meeting in real life. Like you were exactly how I pictured you in my brain. And it was like the best thing ever. We went to the cutest place. And I was like, it was just so comfortable. I like it. It was totally you. And I had just like dreamed of the day we met. So it made uh, it smile. I know that's so fun. It is always interesting meeting people like from the internet in real life. I mean, like, are they the same? And you definitely are too. We had the best time. Yeah, so fun. <laughs> so tell me about growing up. Like, were you always creative? Were you interested in like entertaining, like helping your mom set the table or like planning parties, like that sort of thing ever? Yes. So growing up, so my mom, we all have coined her mama peep over the years. Everyone like I've grown up with and who has known her, we've always just called her mama peep, but she is the OG Martha Stewart. (laughs) She it, I always feel like it's a weird perspective for me to discuss because it's normal for me, but I feel I've learned throughout the years it's not normal for everybody to grow up in such like an artistic home. So mm-hmm. my mom is an artist and my like there's artists on both sides of my family. And I would say my dad is also artistic as well. However, he's more of an eclectic artist. Okay. Um, but she comes from like the generation of we can make literally everything from our drapes to comforters to outfits. So like my upbringing was she made everything and it looked like it was from Ralph Lauren. Like she made everything. And she always told me like she wasn't raised with a lot of money. And so if she wanted to look a certain way, she made her stuff. So she, I always say, is like a reverse engineer. She can figure out how to make anything look designer you just give it to her and she will make it happen. So I grew up with like learning how to do everything. Like my house was home economics 101. And then like, as we got older and moved to the DC area, 
events were everything. Like Mm -hmm. I grew up in a home that is just like everything is detail oriented. If we're going to have a party, there's going to be 150 people there. And we are up for two weeks prior making everything, ordering details, decorating the house. Like it is, we don't sleep, but that is like normal. So like I realized that's not, I started realizing (laughs) that's not normal when I was like gathering friends and relationships outside of like my own home. But just in our area, everyone has just always known my family to be like the one who loves to entertain. So my dad's side of the family also has this as well. So I feel like it was just very much like a part of my life in every facet. So when I would meet my friends and they like wouldn't know how to set a table, I'm like, what do you mean you don't know how to set a table? <laughs> I literally was born in L&D and like could set a table. Like that is just the way that it is. It's so, in your blood. <laughs> it's in my blood. So long-winded, but entertaining has always been a thing that I love, that me and my mom bond over. Like me and my mom, just ever since I was little, would always paint together and do artistic things literally like every day. Like like I'm not kidding, like every day. I've grown up like having this mindset, like you need to do one creative thing every single day. Like, oh, I love that. Every single day. Just It doesn't matter if it's just like doodling or whatever, but every single day. And I honestly – Other than like when I was recovering from the vaccine, I can't think of a day where I was not doing something creative. Oh my gosh. That's so fun. Yeah. It's definitely in your blood. (laughs) Definitely my breath. That was like a long answer to your question, but yes, I love everything. And um, so my love of food, art, design, textiles, patterns, everything comes from my mom. That makes sense. Now, so was your mom in the video you posted this weekend when you my were doing your class? Okay, yeah. that was her. I kind of thought it was her. <laughs> yeah, she's so cute. She She's always like, I don't want to be on camera. And then I put her on camera and she's like, okay, I'll be on she's camera. She's a star. <laughs> yes. We love I love it. Okay, so now when it came time to study, like to go off to college, like where and what did you end up studying? Tell me a little bit about that. Did it have anything to do with, you know, art or home ec sort of thing? Yeah, so I was very much like, I was very adamant I need to study art. I need to study art. I need to study art. So um, I started school at High Point University, which I think we have discussed before. We have like yeah. many friends. Um, and I went there for three years and then I transferred home to Marymount University, which is in Arlington. And also, it's also very, and it was at the time, very art and fashion focused, um, a lot of fashion design there. Um, but I was very much a big proponent of like, I need to study studio arts and learn every medium and figure out what I want to do. I was very much a painter. I grew up very much acrylic based painting and I when I've I've done it all in terms of like trying to use my art to make money, as they say. Um, and I was at a time in college selling paintings. And I really thought that like, you know, your naive self was like, I'm just going to be a painter. Like, why can't I be a painter? <laughs> um, I really thought I was going to be a painter, um, acrylic based painter. So I graduated and my dad's like, okay, what now? And I'm like, I'm going to sell paintings. He's like, no, let's sit down and we need to get a job now. (laughs) And so I was like, all right. Like, I just felt like, okay, just like everybody else, we got to get a nine to five and then just do our passions on the side. So that's what I did. And I went into um, government contracting, very DC. Um, And I, so I did that for like four or five years. 
Um, oh my gosh. I cannot yeah. see you in that like job for some okay. reason. Now. First of all, I was in recruiting. So you can see me in <laughs> okay, that. Okay. Yes. And then secondly, it was crazy because it was like one way at work, like nine to five. And I actually have a best friend that I met at work who like totally now can speak to and knows like the two sides of me. But, and this has been a common theme throughout my life. I'm like, nine to five. And then I break away and I'm like this like artistic, like starving artist who just like comes home and like locks myself in the room and like paints for five hours and then tries to figure out how to make a business. Like that's, that's me in a nutshell. So like getting out of school, like, what am I going to do? So, okay. So then you have this job now, when, and why did you decide to start, you know, your influencer like blog account? Cause that was the next thing, right? Before the book, yeah. before the business and all. So talk to right. me about the decision for, you know, the blog, the influencer thing and how that came about. Right. So I actually, well, I guess mixed up in there a little bit. I was also a singer, but we won't talk about that. I forgot you said that too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, So I kind of, while I was doing my nine to five, tried to do all of these side businesses creative wise to see like, Ooh, what's going to work? Like, you know, you hear about like the DJ who like works nine to five and then is like this crazy DJ at night, you know? Um, And so I was sort of like, I had met my husband in like 2014 and then we got, you know, we, we were dating for like a year and a half not even a year, like not even a year, I think 11 and a half months we dated and then we got engaged and then we got married. Soon as we got married, we got pregnant. And that was just like what I wanted to do. I wanted to just like have my babies like really young and be done with it. And I immediately got pregnant and was like so ill. I'm like that person that's very ill for like 20 weeks. So I like had to quit my job because it was just like, it was just like what you hear about, you know, just like very ill. And so without going into it too much, I was like, okay, well, I'm home now, but I'm sick, but I also just like, I'm just home now. And so after like the 20 weeks, I was like, well, I'm home now and I'm not sick anymore. And like, what do I do? So I had my son and like started just taking up blogging. And I, because again, back behind the scenes of all of this, I continued to be the friend that always, from when I was like 14 years old and on, if we're having a birthday party, if we're doing a girl's night, I get the call. I'm making the the menu. I'm doing all the details. Like if you called like 10 of my closest friends, they could give you like five or six examples of like parties. I've been like the party planner and like told them what to do and like did everything. So that was always something I feel like I was just like the free consultant on the side. And I was like, why don't I just take my skills to the internet and share with like a broader audience, like Mm -hmm. all the things that I love. And that, that was something also my mom loved too. So she was also like behind the scenes, sometimes giving me ideas. So it was another way for us to like bond together where she'd be like, are you going to do like a spread for 4th of July? And then she would like give me a couple ideas and then I'd be like, okay, I'm got to do it. You know? (laughs) So she always, always encourages me and encourages encouraged me to like be creative and share it with others. Like that was her big thing was like, we need to share our creativity with others and like inspire them. Like she's very big on that. So I got into the blogging world. I really loved it. And I got to interact with so many people. And I feel like I built that corner of the internet with also a lot of other creative people like you, Mm -hmm. you know, those, all those girls we were kind of like in that little bar cart with, but everybody is very inspiring. And so it would just It would be twofold because I would love to share my ideas with others, especially like stay-at-home moms who just like don't have the time and don't have like 
the money to like hire someone, you know, just give those ideas, but then also to like find all these other creators and like kind of work off of each other. Like I would see different aspects of your home and be like, oh my God, Patricia just, I got it. That's why I have my pink chair because of you. <laughs> you remember that? Like, I was like, Patricia, I literally am getting my chair reupholstered right now, bright pink because they're like this. Like, <laughs> I, love I loved the, having that community. Like I really just love that. No, it's definitely true. Like, I feel like sometimes I have more in common with people on the internet that I'm like friends with through that than, you know, people I grew up with sometimes. So right. it's, it's yeah. a unique like opportunity and world, you know? Yeah. And I also feel like it got me through the like hard times of early motherhood because like people like say, oh, well, you're not paying attention to your baby. No, it's like literally like when they're so little and they don't move, it's like you have so much time and you're so tired, but like you're up all the time. And like, if you're breastfeeding or doing this or that, I'm like scrolling, seeing all this like fabulous inspiration. Mm -hmm. It's kind of, and this is a theme throughout me is like, it's continuing to give me so in that identity that I have outside of motherhood. Because for me, like I stayed at home for five years with the babies. Now I need to like hone into like the other part of me to feel like a happy whole person. So it really did like start to get me to like, keep that identity like right outside of motherhood going. Yeah. And I feel like, you know, watching other people inspires you. Like that's how it is with me. Like seeing all these things, it gets your creative juices flowing, which is great. Yes. So, okay. You also have a book. So tell me about where that came into play and how and like the process. Yeah. So, I mean, and this was like, I feel like the height of when we were like finding each other and chatting and stuff too. I'm always like, Patricia, I'm going to do this. And you're like, go for it. Go for it. it." (laughs) I, so I've always like, you know, for example, like growing up with all these events and everything, like we would have caterers there, but my mom made everything. Like literally who hires a caterer and serves their own food? Like no one. But that's my mom. Like she wants (laughs) to do it all. So like I, from a very early age, had been exposed to like, how do you make these like meatballs? Like how do you make these hors d'oeuvres? Like how do you – very normal to me. So I have always just like loved food presentation. And again, that also taps into like the super creative side of me that just loves like color, texture, tying it all in, the taste, the journey. And so it was like once COVID hit, I was like, you know what, like this blogging, I feel like a lot of people are being financially impacted and they might not be be throwing parties. And that's what a lot of stuff I was focusing on. They might not be able to like shop these links. And so I was like, how can I figure out a way to like also continue my creativity, work on like a passion project and just like hone into like being locked in your house forever. So I was like, you know what, I'm going to write a book. And it was one of those things where like, it was like, a little world of me just like I would wake up at five in the morning write for three hours go about my day because I was at home full-time with the kids and I had a brand new baby and then put the kids to sleep and then I would like have a cup of coffee which is literally if you talk to your doctor the worst thing on earth like don't ever have coffee after five it's like actually bad for you <laughs> yeah, for another five hours right right again and then just like I did that over and over and over but honestly like I know thinking about it, it's like, oh, that seems like so crazy. Like, why don't you just chill? Like, why did you do? Because you needed sort of something to keep you going during COVID. Because if you remember when COVID first started, we literally were like, 
should we wear space suits? Like yeah. we're bleaching our boxes. Yeah. We were like, no, they have to stay in the garage for three days before we bring them in. <laughs> and it's like, you remember that time we were like, literally thought it was the plague. Yeah. We had, no one knew what was going on. I always say it was the craziest when we would go to Wegmans, there would be like armed guards with like machine guns standing there. We're like, what? It's like a whole new world. It was a very scary time when it originally started. So there was like nothing better than like locking yourself in the house. And I know that like mental health was very, very challenging for so many people. And I knew for myself, I needed something to do to like remain in a state of like non-panic. Yeah. And so whenever I'm anxious, I always turn into my art and turn into like that process and just go, 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 go. So if I'm ever like so crazy working on a project, you're like, okay, she's anxious about something. Um, <laughs> that's what I, that's me. This I that's get me. like I dive into things. I also clean like the craziest, yes. stupid things, like reorganize things. I did that this weekend. Will's like, okay, what is going on? <laughs> You're like, I'm not ready for Christmas yet. <laughs> um, it's true. It's true. So I really just, you know, I'm also the type of person like if I want to do something, I will do, I will make it happen. I will yes. research it up. I will find out how to do it. I will do it, do it, do it. Because I don't want to live a life where I didn't try to do anything. I'd rather okay. live a life where I've tried everything and maybe something's failed, but I've tried it. And I can say that I've tried it. And each time I go on these journeys, I'm like, you know what? I've learned something to put into my hat that at the end of the day, where I'm at now, like I'm pulling things out of that hat that I'm so grateful for. Definitely. Okay. So you were writing this content then before the kids were up, after the kids went to bed um, for the book. And then what, you had to shoot everything and then you self-published? Like talk to me about, you know, the some of the nitty-gritty then with that stuff. Yeah, so it's basically twofold. One, it was COVID. And Mm -hmm. so no one's like coming to your house to do photos. And two, I was like, you know what? I'm like a studio arts major. Like I can do these photos. Like I literally can do these photos. So I just challenged myself to do every single aspect of the book, including like self-publishing it. So there's a few things about publishing a book. Like one, a lot of people that are, I would like to say people of the internet or like celebrities or influencers, they can get, you know, a book deal and have somebody publish it. You can also just be a regular person of the world and get a publisher, but the process is like one to three years. And a lot of people also need an agent. And sometimes out of 12,000 like book applications, there's just like one choice. So for me, I was like, look, I am a person that regardless, I'm going to do this book. I'm going to do it on my own. And I don't want anyone to tell me what to do. I don't want anyone to have like a hold on it. Mm -hmm. And I want to just like see how it does. And that a lot of people like poo-poo on like self-publishing because they're like, ooh, you couldn't get a publisher. But it's so much more than that. You have so much freedom. And in that freedom, it really allowed me to like fully engage in the creative process without like overthinking about things. And I feel like that in most businesses, like with creatives, like it's a very crippling kryptonite to have like somebody who's like, overlooking it and deciding because you want it to be just like your vision authentically with all of the things involved. And if there are like a few things that, oh, maybe that didn't seem like if it's part of the process, it's your journey and it's what you like envisioned. So this book for me is called Host and Harvest, The Art of Hosting with Creative Simple Spreads. And for me, it's like, okay, 
using the principles of design, texture, color, and taste, we're going to create moments with food that you have most likely in your pantry and fridge. Mm -hmm. Like it is not stuff you have to like find at some, you know, farmer's market two cities away. This is going to be us like showing a presentation of bacon wedges with avocado and tomatoes and onions, but it's like all of a sudden an art piece. And it's, that's why it's called like sort of creative, simple spreads because it really is simple, but the presentation is everything. And no matter what medium of art, and this comes back to studio arts degree, no matter what medium you're in, you have the same design principles like across the board and they work. Yeah. Um, no, that makes total sense. And I love that you self-published it. And I feel like not a lot of people talk about that and like the benefits to it. So I can totally, yes. you know, understand it then. So, and I also like, you know, I feel like you're in the same boat as me. Like we kind of have the same minds and we're, like you said, we're doers. Like if we get something yeah. in our head, we are doing it. And I feel like to some people on the outside, it looks like we're like, crazy and not like messy but like we have no like we're just like running all over the place with anything that like strikes our fancy but in the the big picture everything makes sense and I feel like that with you too it's like your book you know you're talking about hosting and some ideas and and then that makes sense with what you're doing now which like it it all weaves together and it's like we're we're mad scientists (laughs) exactly and it's so funny you say that too because I've been doing a lot of teaching now and that's kind of like going to be like a bigger part of my business in 2022. And at every class, I bring a slew of books and like literally like 10 to 15 people, half the class like buy books. Like they just like buy my book and I let them like finger through it, like at the table, like everybody's kind of turning the pages and I give them the explanation. And it's because people don't think that you can use everyday ingredients and like dress them up and like make them a moment. And my business, what my entire business is, is a moment. Like it's a moment for food. It is elevating. It is dressing it up. It is the ultimate grazing experience. So the book was really just like a providential like entrance into this food industry for me. Yeah. So now let's talk about your business today. So originally charcuterie cakes, now DC Grays. Like talk to me about the decision behind that and the process and how you got into it and got started. Yes. So I was, um, this was again, like a, like a side mini consulting thing that I was doing for friends was making little like charcuterie boards and spreads and things like that. And I was like, you know what? I've, I've, done the freeness. I've done the favors. I'm ready to like actually have a business that feels lucrative to me and feels like I'm putting a product out there that people are going to like pay me for it, to be honest. Just I'd like to be paid at this point. Um, I felt that, you know, when I started my business, I wanted to go into the charcuterie world with a spin on it. So I started charcuterie cakes, which was essentially the idea of like charcuterie cakes. And that first, that's all I was doing was just like dressing up cheesecakes and like bringing them around DC to like parties and people would order them. And I really thought like I was just going to stay in that space where I was just like making cheesecakes. So I would make like three or four wheel cheesecakes. I would paint cakes. I would do edible 24 karat gold. I would do glitter. I mean, I would just essentially approach cheese like a baker would for cake. And as I kept growing, people wanted like cheese, like people would say, oh, can you do a cheese board? Yeah, I can do a cheese board. That's fine. You can do box? Yeah, I can do box. 
And then it kind of spiraled into like people were really wanting the cheese boards and charcuterie boards. So I took a look and I was like, you know what? I think I would love to do a little expansion of this business. I would love to have a grazing aspect of it. I would love to do tables. I would love to kind of really be in the event space. I would love to just offer like desserts and things like that. So that's when I started thinking of the rebrand to DC Graze. And I said, you know, I'll give myself a year because most like little small businesses like have about a year to kind of get to that point where they feel like they need a rebrand and they need a new direction. But I'll just like sit tight here and be comfortable. Well, business, you know, I, I'm so blessed to say this, but business just exploded. I mean, it was almost like overnight. It was like literally overnight. And so I didn't really have the opportunity to wait around a year to um, rebrand because I had landed a few celebrity clients and I was sort of moving in this grazing aspect and it was better to do it then than to just continue on. And honestly, like the charcuterie cakes, I think is what kind of like made me in the, like a bit more viral in that way because nobody was doing that. So it did really start my business in how it was unique and different in the DC area. Um, so I rebranded and I'm loving where I'm at. I'm very much moving in a modern aesthetic, which you know, every time I think about my brand, like literally every night and I have little post-its on my nightstand that I just like write notes in the middle of the night. It's like something I got from my dad who also works all the time. It's kind of crazy, but I say on my notes all the time, what can I do that's different than every single other business that is in charcuterie? How can I be just my brand? You see it, you recognize it. It's so different from everyone else. And that's not even just like Instagram. That's just like aesthetically. And like traditional charcuterie is very rustic. It's very cozy. It's very wine focused. It's very much like it has its lane. And when you're on Instagram, you see it. Like it's, you know, it's like olive and figs, you know, like it's very much its own lane. And I said, you know what, I'm going to break the mold and I'm going to, I'm going to create a new lane that is modern, that is more urban, fun, a little bit younger, because a lot of people don't know this, but like Gen Z and college kids and things, they're like doing grazing tables and stuff. Like they are very like, it is a trending thing. So I said, I'm going to lean into this more like bright, vibrant, fun, urban vibe. And I'm going to modernize charcuterie and I've been loving the direction. That's where kind of I'm in right now. And I feel like it's a more fun place to be. Not that traditional charcuterie doesn't have its place because it does, but I'm there to be like the wow factor of the, the true art, art, art of like food presentation. So like you're coming to a class, like your board's getting glitter bombed at the end. Like it's, (laughs) It's a fun, and I feel like it's so much more of like my passion and personality this way. And so that's kind of where I'm at right now with like, I guess how my company has rebranded. So no, I love that. And I so agree. I watch like some of these young TikTok and YouTube girls and they make charcuterie boards like at college. And I love your take on it is like, we talked about this when we had over pizza, but um, I like a cozy is not my vibe. Like rustic is not my vibe. So I love that you're doing something different. Yeah. Yeah. And like, I always, I feel like my personality is is always like at odds with each other because I'm very much like a 
working, like I, I work like a dog. Like I am work, 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 very much business oriented, but I'm also very fun, create. I'm like a manic creative. Like I'm very Mm -hmm. artsy, but also that structure. So it's always like at play. I feel like ever since I was little, like I have these grand ideas, but I'm super creative, but also like let's hone it in. We got to make this a business, you know? Yeah, for sure. And so I feel like, you know, you kind of with this charcuterie cakes turned DC Grace, it took off pretty fast. So talk to me about what's been your biggest marketing tool? Like what would you say has been really successful in terms of how you've marketed and got the word out? Yes. And I would say that my biggest marketing tool is Instagram. I'm so thankful that I put in the work to like build a following years prior because it really helped me when I went to launch my business. And the fact is a lot of my following on that corner of the internet was local. So that was even 10 times more beneficial because when you have a business that has boots on the ground like mine, it's like, it doesn't matter if like all of your friends in Connecticut like it. You need to have like people in the area. Mm-hmm. So I was just like so – I felt like I just started out in a really good place. And from day one of just like even before I knew nothing of the business, I had clients and I had people in my inbox and I had people in my email. So like 95% of my business comes from Instagram and I would say the rest of my business comes from like doing a live table and people see it and they grab like a card or see like my logo or whatever. And so I pour in and you know this cuz you see me at work. I pour in so much to my Instagram and I it's just such an important important tool. I mean as you know like you know this as much as I do like mm-hmm. put in the extra effort on Instagram cuz it really really is the best way to market your business. Definitely. And I feel like You've done um, even beyond that, like with your YouTube and even working with influencers and celebs. So do you want to talk about that a little bit? Which I assume you connected with these influencers and celebs via Instagram too, which ties in then. Yeah. And I'm I'm the type of person like I – because people ask me all the time like, oh, how did you like get that person to work with you or this or that? Um, I just reach out and I just, you know, like – 50% of like celebrities and influencers will answer you and then 50% won't. And it's like, it doesn't matter if they don't or they do, like whatever's going to happen for you is going to happen. And so I'm not going to just sit around and like be scared. Do you know what I mean? Every, I always told myself and I would see everybody else doing it. Literally everyone else in the world does it. Why can't I do it? I never wanted to like ask anyone for a favor or ask this or ask that. The fact of the matter is everybody does it in business, whether they're a billionaire, a millionaire, or just starting their business. Like everyone just goes for it. And I feel like with all of these steps and just going for it and like DMing somebody on Real Housewives or DMing somebody from Bachelorette, like if they say yes, then I'm happy I did it. Like it is what it is. So I, my biggest thing is just go for it. Like just go for it, slide on in. You've got nothing to lose because if they don't answer, then they don't answer. Nobody's going to like DM you back and be like mean because like most of the time you're, you're coming with an offering. You're like, can I offer you a free product or custom this? Or I would love to do this for you. So no one's going to be like, no, don't DM me. You You know, when you think about like, what do you have to lose? There's not really anything there. So outside of a few like celebrity clients, like influencers, I've reached out to and I I think it is the best way to market yourself and get that wider audience. And also just like 
create cool relationships. There's a lot of like influencers that I've just like reached out to just because I've like loved their content. And now we're like friendly and it's so fun. And I wouldn't have had that sort of interaction if I didn't just go for it. Definitely. Why don't you tell people who aren't as familiar familiar some of the influencers or celebs that you've collaborated with so far? Yeah. So I have I have landed um, Ashley and Jared. Um, they are from the Bachelor franchise, and they are actually they took a chance on me. So I'm actually friends with the Iconetti family here in DC. So that was more of a personal connection. I didn't like reach out to them, um, but they're opening a coffee shop in Rhode Island. And in the early phases of the project, Ashley reached out to me and she said, Hey, do you think you could like make charcuterie cones for our shop? And like, I was so taken aback by her asking me because I was like, Oh my gosh, she could ask anyone. Like, why is she asking me? And I knew in my mind, there's no way I can ship food that's perishable to her. Mm -hmm. But what I said was, let me get back to you. I have a few ideas. And because I was like, I can make this happen. Let me figure out a way to create an offering for her. And so a lot of times when it comes to like interacting with like celebrities or high profile clients or people you really want to land, it's like, don't tell them your ideas right away. Let it sit for a second and then work on a proposal. And so what I did was I worked on a proposal for them with three ideas, two being in-store products and three being like a charcuterie design that changes like quarterly for their shop. And because I thought, okay, maybe you want to come with like three items because if they like one, then you have at least three other items. Um, So I thought they were just going to choose one and we'd be done with it or they might not like anything. Well, I met with them several times and they loved all three and they, I like to say, took this chance on me. And so it's really exciting and they're going to be opening very, very, very soon, like literally very soon. And so I will have two in-store product items there and then their charcuterie. Um, I titled it and designed it and that's what they will be serving there. So it's, it's just so exciting for me. And I feel like it's awesome for Ashley to have sort of like a DC brand there because she's from our area. So I even love more so now that I changed my brand to DC Grays because now you know her fans from our area, if they're there, they can like experience like that DC aspect. So it's been really, really fun. They're absolutely like the best clients to ever have. I mean, outside of (laughs) friendship, they are just so wonderful. They're exactly who you see on TV. Like they themselves are so authentic and like they are also so, so in love. So I didn't watch a lot of them like previous because I feel like the first time I watched The Bachelor was like Ben Higgins season. Yeah. Like you would hear like, oh, like Ashley's pining for him and he doesn't like her. That man is so in love with her. Like It's just so funny that, you know, meeting them in this time and then like kind of like seeing or hearing like what they were like on TV before like their relationship, they're like soulmates meant to be like, they're so in love. And I just, I don't know. I've just loved working with people that are super passionate. Like Jared is so passionate about this coffee shop. Like I told Ashley, like I wrote her this email after we first met and I said, it's so refreshing to be around somebody who's so excited to be like birthing this child of a business. Like yeah. it's just that, you you know, you can scope it out when like you meet someone who's just like so excited about their brand. Like it just refreshes you. It energizes you and also gives you like a lot of momentum. Definitely. No, that's so exciting. Yeah. Um, and that's so 
so cool. Like I can't wait to see once it launches officially. <laughs> I know I'm like dying. I'm so excited. And then I, I, I like need to go up there and everything. Yeah. Well. And I know I talked to you about that. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, who would your dream collab be? Like, I know you've worked with a lot of amazing people, but like, tell me someone that you think would be so cool to collab with. Oh, you know, I, when I, I hate to say it's like one person because I don't really have like a person, but I have like themes in mind. So of course, like in the event world, I would love to do like Real Housewives and like just show up and do like one of their parties and do like grazing tables. Like that is for me like the peak of being able to like be in the event space. Um, but then as far as like just my brand as like the teaching component and like the um, kind of like the new modern lane, I would love to just be sort of like a figurehead for the industry in its way. So I would just love, I always say, and I hate, this is like a thing I don't share with a lot of people, but you know, the founder of Milk, I always think about her when I think about my brand because I would love to be like her. Like she has created this amazing franchise. She has a show on Netflix called Big Squad. And so when it comes to like bigger picture, like we're talking about dreams, right? Like dreams. And I would just love to be like her of the charcuterie and grazing world because I feel like I, I don't know. I feel like I have that energy to like rile up the crowd, but I, I've been teaching classes and I really love, you know, I've coined DC Grays to be the motto is the ultimate grazing experience. And, you know, I always talk about why that is like in all my classes and everything, but I really have just loved like the classes are kind of turning into more of like a show and like a weird way to say that. But like you, it's like you buy tickets and you go to a show and it's like got all these stops and all these exciting things going on. And like, so if you think about like, what be your dream it'd be sort of like doing like a weird like show in that way where it is like the ultimate grazing experience like and just having it a clear cut like I'm the figurehead of this modern lane of design and grazing that's just kind of like so I guess there aren't really like particular celebrity clients I would just like them all but um I would just love to have like those two be like big parts of my business. And like, it's just very clear cut. Like, oh, this is DC Grace. No, I love that. And you're putting it out in the universe. You're going to do it. I know it. (laughs) (laughs) Putting it on a post-it. And so anytime I want to land something, again, I like put it on a post-it note and I stick it on my night bed, nightstand. And I feel like I don't want to be like all weird, but I feel like 90% of the time it happens. Oh, I like that. <laughs> That's so wishes. Let me write it on the post-it and I'll put it on my nightstand. <laughs> Some good juju. <laughs> yes. Okay. So since this is coming out in December as part of like the holidays, everyone's getting festive. I have a few like short answer holiday related questions. Yes. Me. Okay. What is your favorite holiday tradition? Is there anything that you guys do that like you love and look forward to? So I feel like they have changed a lot since, you know, like my like nuclear family has kind of like separated. Like my sister lives in the Midwest. Now we live here. My parents are here. Um, now we have John's side of the family. So I feel like traditions have kind of changed a little bit, mm-hmm. but we've started new ones on our own and what I really love to do and this sounds so cliche and cheesy but 
there's a zoo near my parents' house and they fill the entire zoo with Christmas lights. But it's like, it's like a a Christmas light spectacular show. So they're like, not just like lights hanging in the tree. There's like lit up animals. I mean, it is true, like work of art. And we always go as a family and it has become one of those things where I'm like, did we get our tickets yet? And it's like October, you know? <laughs> yeah, like, I love it's that. Just one of those things. And it's like so cold and you're bundled up, you're wearing a million layers and you get in the car and you're sweating. But it's one of those things that has just become like our normalcy that I'm like, okay, did we get our tickets? Like I'm ready to go. Like it's time. <laughs> that sounds so fun. It sounds beautiful. Yeah. So what's a tip that you have for staying fresh, for staying stress-free for the holiday season? Like, what do you do to help plan or delegate or, you know, well, what's a tip you can share? I think it's so funny to like give tips on being stress-free because I'm so manic. But the <laughs> other thing is like, I'm a manic creative, but I'm not stressed. Like okay. I'm just, I'm just one of those people, like I'm doing a million things, but I'm not stressed out. And I have now like an assistant slash friend that works for me and my motto, which she's like, you need to put this on the back of our shirts. It says, we'll figure it out because it's like uh, at the end of the day, I'm very much a person that will like be doing a million things, but no matter what, we'll figure it out. If it doesn't go according to our original plan, we're going to make it happen. You've got to like act on your feet. You got to act on your toes. You got to say, you know what? If all of these napkins, if we couldn't find them all at home goods, like we'll figure it out and every other one will have a plot on it, you know? Yeah. So it's one of those things where I think it's just a mindset of being like, we can have great plans, but at the same time, we need to have like that creative juice to step in and be like, okay, well, if this happens, we're just going to substitute this and everything's fine. Because at the end of the day, perfection and symmetry is not always like the artistic end all be all. Mm -hmm. No, that makes sense. Now, what's one thing on your wish list for the holiday season? Okay, this is the weirdest answer. I actually have two things, and I've only, like, told John about one of them because the other one, I'm like, it's not going to happen. <laughs> um, your show, I, is that on your wish list? <laughs> exactly, my show on Netflix. Um, so one of them is, like, a heater for your body, your body, like a little heating pad, because I have one that I've had like since high school. But because I'm doing so many like gummy grazes and like work all the time hunched over, like every single night, I fall asleep sitting up in bed with a heat pack like on my back, like my upper back. Like it's, it's actually, it's, it's actually one of those things where like, John's like, he like taps my shoulder. He's like, are you awake? And I'm like, huh, huh, oh, turn the heater off. Like, because you're just like so sore and everything. And I know it's such like a weird present to ask for, but I'm all about practicality because again, I'm like, I'm like a workhorse. So I'm like, what will make me more like, what will make me better to be able to produce gummy trays? Like, you know, <laughs> yeah. it's such a weird thing. That's one of them. And then the other thing, oh gosh, like, I don't even think, I don't even, I don't even think I've like asked I haven't even asked him this, but like, I want more shelving units. <laughs> like, I have taken over. So, I work out of a commercial kitchen when I'm like preparing like charcuterie and stuff like that. But, um, like, gummy and candy and just sort of like all my supplies are at home. And so, I transformed my dining room like months ago into like the storage where like there's literally like those containers store like steel like shelves everywhere and I have like inventory everywhere and I mean you were there you like saw my dining room it was like very high-end like when I 
decorating. It's like, it's like literally so nice. I like put in molding. I like have like a very expensive chandelier. Like, so I'm like working in a sweatshop with like a very expensive chandelier. It's like very funny, but he, so I kind of, I'm kind of like outgrowing it and kind of moving into the living room. Oh and I need a few more shelves. <laughs> That's hilarious. Does your husband want to kill you? He wants to go. He, he he's like, okay, you cannot take over one more room. And so I have an office like upstairs, but it's just not conducive because everything else is downstairs. So now it's just sort of like this room that like also holds things, but like different things. So that's so hard. But yeah. So now my last holiday question is: What's your like go-to drink to pair with one of your grazing boards or? your little gummy trays like what's what's your go-to drink for the holidays oh gosh there's so many this is what I love about the holidays and hosting I mean you know when I was doing blogging and everything we would make all these cocktails when we would do our bar carts it's like the most fun thing to do but honestly I love like a cranberry cocktail Mm -hmm. and putting three cranberries on a stick stabbing them through and then putting some 24 karat edible gold on the cranberries and calling it a day also have like a little piece of rosemary and it is to me the most festive like artistic expression of like winter to me like and if you wanted to go above and beyond you could even sugar the cranberries like I mean I just die for that kind of stuff like the little details with cocktails I just die for that but cranberry to me is always holiday like there's nothing like it yeah So now my final question is, where can people find you? Like, let them know your social media handles, your website, so that they can go, even if they're not local, they can buy your gummy boards like I do. So tell them, you know, your website, your social media handles. Yes. So we have, um, our Instagram is at DCGrays. Our website is thedcgrays.com. We have a YouTube channel that that's linked like in my um, YouTube or in my Instagram profile. Um, and then we also have girl, we have gotten on TikTok. Ooh. This is a, this is a new thing we just got on this week. So we're really excited about it and have a lot to learn. I'm like, please, I put out an ad. Can I hire someone from Gen Z to like run my TikTok? Like, I don't know what's going on. It's like very intimidating for me. But we are on all of those platforms. And the exciting thing also for like nationwide with our brand is we have the gummy grays, which we are shipping. But also we have like our first product launch, which is a an acrylic um, charcuterie board that says say cheese on the bottom, which like you were like in the discussions with this when we, yeah. when we had pizza. And then like two weeks later, I'm like, here it is, Patricia. We got them <laughs> in, in, in socks. So it's really exciting because I love to have that now as a part of our brand as like a product line and our first product is something that we can ship nationwide so it's really exciting for us um to be able to again hone into like the local but then also like the the bigger picture yeah no definitely well thank you so much adrian this was so much fun i loved sharing your story with everyone listening and just chatting with you as always yes thank you so much for having me i'm so excited i feel like the last thing i want to say is I feel like people are going to be like, oh my God, why is Adrian on the preppy podcast? And I'm like, what people don't understand is I'm like the edgy prep. Like <laughs> I, so well, not only have I always like dated like preppy guys, but I, my mom is the original prep. 
Her house is full prep. My house is full prep. I'm just like, I'm like the colorful tattooed preppy girl. Like I love pattern. I love texture. I love bright, bright stuff, but I, my house is so traditionally decorated. It's what people are always so shocked when they come over. They're like, Oh my God, this is Martha Stewart, Ralph Lauren. Like what's going on? I'm like, no, this is me. This is, this is two parts like, of this is the color. other side of me. <laughs> yes. So, um, I'm so honored to be the edgy prep on your podcast. <laughs> Of course. Thank you so much for listening to the Preppy Podcast. I hope this put a little prep in your step for the day. Please subscribe, rate, and review on wherever you listen to your podcast. And follow along with at the Preppy Podcast on social media. 